The Last Word with Matt Cooper. We've been talking a lot in recent weeks about an increased number of fatal car collisions on our roads and also pedestrians and cyclists dying as well. And not just those who die, but those who suffer serious, often life-threatening injuries, which Andy O'Donoghue joins me for Tech Thursday. I thought, Andy... You know, about how a few years ago there was a lot of talk about autonomous driving and that people wouldn't have to be doing the driving and that this would eliminate human error and make the road safety. But why is it we hear so little about autonomous driving these days? Uh, because it's difficult, I suppose, for legislators primarily, Matt, um, to finally allow autonomous driving to happen. It's a really big step. And so there are different categories of autonomous driving. Right now, say in America with the Tesla system, there's actually a camera that monitors the driver so that the driver... Um, the system knows the driver is paying attention so you can't be doing something else while the car drives itself. Like but, all those people that <clears> are on their mobile phones that we have lots of people complaining about in text messages to the programme. And of course every day you see them. So interesting if, if, if we did have in-car surveillance, which of course I know people would never agree to, but it would help to reduce accidents, it would probably lower insurance premiums and would be better for society generally if we implemented those sort of systems. The problem is right now uh, autonomous cars uh, we still have quite a way to go Sorry, and just come back to the Tesla for me for a second because it just strikes me that the one thing I've noticed on the few occasions I've been in other people's Teslas not having one myself but the screen that it has mm. in the middle like the sort of iPad mm. screen is that not is it itself a distraction <laughs> that takes your eyes off the road to be looking at all the various things on this pad in front of you? It's humongous, absolutely humongous. And some of the new, uh, some of the new new cars uh, coming onto the market have a screen similar size. I think the Tesla screen is seventeen inches, uh, which is a good size computer. Some new cars coming on the market, it rotates from landscape to portrait. You do have to wonder why you need that. Um, is it an entertainment system for the passenger? Is it just information for the driver? I think in the very near future, all of that will be replaced by hoods or what we call head-up displays. So a little bit like kind of the fighter jet that you see, where information is projected onto the screen, which is much less distracting. Okay. I want to bring Barry Lunn in as well, Chief Executive of Provisio. I did a magnified podcast with Barry over a year ago now at this stage in relation to the development of his business out of Limerick. But for those who didn't hear that, Barry, or the extract we played, just remind us as to what you do when it comes in relation to technology development for safer driving. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And, and yeah, so we're focused, I guess, around a lot of the problems that you're describing there. And we, I guess we took the assumption that autonomous vehicles weren't going to come anytime soon. And I think that the missing piece as well outside of regulation is costs, right? Those autonomous systems are extremely expensive. So we, we set up a company basically to say, could we deliver, you know, those systems need a certain level of perception, ability to understand the world around them and, and take evasive action. Could we deliver kind of autonomous vehicle level perception, but do it at a price point that it could go on every vehicle? Because this idea that, you know, that it could only be in top end cars, that, that's really not solving the safety problem. It has to be available to everyone. And I suppose that's what we're focused on in, in Provisio. And you're, what you're doing effectively is radar detection of what is around the car, sort of a 360 basis. Yeah, exactly. So we're trying to create what we call a safety cocoon and literally out to over a kilometre around the vehicle. So 
you're almost self-mapping the environment you're going into and understanding everything. And I think really important thing that'll be different maybe from today's ADAS uh, systems that are even on high-end vehicles is that ability to actually see the most vulnerable road users, right? Most of those focus on, they can detect cars and do all that, but bicycles, motorcyclists, pedestrians are largely ignored. So that's really, I guess, the important piece that we're trying to bring to it. But are we not behind in Western Europe and in the northern, well, the Western world compared to China, where they do actually have quite a large number of autonomous cars now on the roads? How are they getting around the issues of safety if they don't have this technology developed? Yeah, so I suppose safety is, is, is one part of it, I suppose. The, the, the big thing as well is cost, and, and China will throw money at things and, and, and roll it out further. You know that kind of way. I mean, we do have Waymo, and we do have crews on the roads in the U.S., you know, and, and, and performing very well. I think the other side of it is this fear of machines versus uh, you know, the human driver in, and, and also bad data, right? Like, like uh, I've just come out of it. I'm, I'm in Brussels at the minute at, at an AutoSense exhibition and I just came out of a meeting with Waymo where they're coming out biting and saying, hey, we're not being compared fairly here. You know, when they compare the data in terms of, you know, human crashes versus uh, autonomous vehicle crashes in the US and in Europe, they, they count everything, every little scrape, every little injury. Nobody counts that for human drivers. So, there's a lot of that kind of misinformation, but I, I wouldn't say we're we're that behind. I think I think Europe's been quite clever on it. They're they're almost coming in by stealth. Like like most people don't realise that like intelligent speed assist is now mandatory in Europe. So since last year, every new model of vehicle that has been built and to be sold in Europe has to have intelligent speed assist, which will have a massive impact. And by next year, next July, you literally won't be able to sell a new car in 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 Europe unless it has that in there. So I think they're actually being a little cleverer here because autonomous vehicles is very small, um, you know, can have a very small impact on this problem. So really, it's about getting better advanced driver assistance systems in place. Andy, since I asked you to look into this, you've come back to me with something called Vehicle to Everything Communication. What's that? Uh, V2X, Matt. And it's interesting listening to Barry talking about perhaps the most vulnerable people on the road who often are forgotten in this equation, pedestrians, say, and cyclists. V2X communication is this technology that facilitates kind of the exchange of information between cars and vehicles, but also the infrastructure around a city. And that includes traffic lights and road signs and particularly other vehicles. So over time, we will see cars talking to each other isn't difficult and they can avoid each other if everybody shares information about their, about their, their vehicle management system. But then those cars in turn contribute to, you know, volume of traffic analysis. So Traffic lights go green and stay green for the right lane at the right time. But in time, the plan and people like Qualcomm and Cisco uh, are working on this. And and we're we're seeing developments in Germany and Japan and South Korea for for pedestrians. So using a smartphone with a smartphone um, in somebody's pocket, cars will be aware of them. And particularly at night and in bad weather, one, you know, this is where the, the, the everything part of vehicles to everything comes in. When everything is connected, 
people know where you are and of course cars can then take uh, action to avoid pedestrians and bikes. Okay, so then tell us about the Comma 3X. So, Comma AI is a really interesting company and I'm sure Barry's probably familiar with them. Founded by a guy called George Hotz who was the first guy to jailbreak an iPhone. And I interviewed him at the Web Summit a couple of years ago and he was recently involved with Elon Musk at Twitter. They fell out when he launched this company essentially because he thought Tesla... um, were going to buy Comma AI as their autopilot system. And what he has done is he's created a product now, it's the third iteration, and it's the Comma AI uh, uh, 3X. It has three HDR cameras, two watch the road, and a night vision camera watches you inside the car. And it plugs into the data port on modern cars. And essentially, it turns, uh, it turns the car, uh, into a piloted semi-autonomous vehicle. Um, it sells for, you know, a few hundred dollars. And it's open source. It's a fascinating project because what he's trying to do is get people to buy it and and use the data that's collected by these common AI devices to help make his autopilot system even better. Barry, there are listeners getting in touch asking, would a lot of these things work only really in urban settings and not so much in maybe rural Ireland where you have lots of uh, unexpected uh, roads and you would have the things like overgrown branches and stuff coming off the side of the roads? Yeah, we, we, we call them the edge cases and actually that's all we kind of care about because there's an awful lot of environments where actually solving autonomy is easy and that's where you see camera-only systems coming in. But um, we, we really focus heavily and that, a nice thing about being an Irish company is even weather. You know, I mean, famously, you know, when, when Waymo was the Google car, they used to say, we, we pull over when it rains, you know, and as, as an Irishman, I got a great kick out of that, right? <laughs> um, so I think, I think that's a really important aspect of it, the, um, you know, rural roads in Ireland, but also we're working with, with companies in India um, and Trust me, no matter what you think you'll see in the rural road in Ireland, uh, they will one up you in India. And I think that's really important. And that's where their artificial intelligence, I think, really can have an interesting role, but also active sensors. And the, the, so cameras are passive, so and they have to be trained, and they have to understand what they see. So if they see something they haven't seen before, they don't know what to do. And that's why anyone that tells you a camera-only system can solve the problem is basically lying, right? Because an active sensor, say, like a LiDAR or a radar, is actually able to judge there's an object there in my way and I need to get a, you know, no matter if I know what it is or not, I need to not hit it. And I think that, that and or I can drive over it if it's a certain size. So I think that's where those, that combination of kind of everyone now, and even Tesla now, because they've, they've built their own 4D radar, have kind of taken the approach that you have to have active sensing and you have to have passive sensing or else you'll never solve rural driving or unseen roads, you know, pre-mapped roads. Okay, I have to leave it there. Barry Lund, Chief Executive Provisio, thank you for joining us. Andy O'Donoghue, come back to me with some of the other things that you've come across in that because you've got some other fascinating suggestions as to how to improve road safety. We might do that next Thursday. There is one listener who has a question. Will there be smart bicycles that stop cyclists going through red lights? Lots of motorists go through red lights as well, but there you go. Back with the 5 of 5 after this. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today. 